0: Hey guys, just Jason here. We've got a special bonus episode. I um, had the chance last night to talk with with the guys from Horrendous. Uh, if you don't know who they are, it's one of the our favorites here on, on the podcast. They are a death metal band out of uh, mostly Pennsylvania, I believe. And um, they're one of those special bands. They, they're they able to take the old and mix it with something totally refreshing and new. So it's, uh yeah, they've got this new album coming out, Idol, uh, next Friday on the 28th. And it's, it's awesome. If you haven't heard them before, go back and listen to the past couple albums. You can hear their progression. And uh, yeah, if you're a fan of death metal, I, I you're going to like it. As far as the interview goes, we talked about a lot of stuff. The new album, talked a lot about that. Progressing as a band. And um, kind of went into a lot of just kind of what's going on right now in death metal. And what's good, what's bad. And uh, all that. So, hope you guys enjoy. We will be back with another full normal episode with uh, with the guys Should be about uh, by next week. So be working on that and uh, hopefully have it out soon. All right. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: Gang's all
0: here, man. Awesome, cool. I thought I was only getting one of you, so this is cool.
2: Hey, there you go. You got the whole crew. <laughs> yeah, all right, <laughs> awesome, man.
0: <laughs> so um, you guys are probably one of my, well, for sure, one of my favorite, definitely of anything of modern death metal. So I was super, super pumped to hear this new album. You know, you guys, when after you guys recorded your last one, you got a lot of praise, a lot of good things were happening. Kind of just like walk me through when when you guys started trying to figure this one out and kind of what your headspace was for it.
1: Hell, yeah, well, uh First and foremost, thanks for the high praise, man. Yeah. Um, secondly, I think as most of our albums tend to be, I think there's always a desire to just one up ourselves and challenge what we had done before and not not just in terms of our abilities and what we can do, but also our songwriting ability and, and how we're approaching the music that we're making and how we're carving a space for ourselves. And I think that's the mindset going in is where can we take this and what can we do that's Above and beyond what we did in the past, and I think that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Of?
2: It's really interesting. Who were you? Oh yeah, sorry. This uh, my name's Alex. I play bass in the band as of the past couple of years. So fairly new to the to the old head group. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, you know we just mentioned a little bit earlier about doing multiple interviews, and it's funny you know similar questions get asked, and it's interesting to think about this. I think. We can all agree in some, to some extent that the plan for the album wasn't exactly, you know, you're talking about what does it, it take going into it to think about it? You know, how did you prepare to make this new record? And it's a really organic process that is constantly evolving and doesn't take place in, you know, in one instance, through one person, it's through all of us in lots of different ways. So, you know, the spark was lit from just us as people and being excited musicians trying to make the best music we can and then just taking it from there. And it's been just a constant journey since
0: then. How did it go? Cause this was the first time that you did bass on an album, correct? Correct. Yes. So what was that like kind of trying to fit that new component in? Cause it really stands out in the album in a really cool way. I really, I was just talking to one of my other uh, co-hosts on the, on the podcast about it and, um, just the way that you weaved in, I don't know if you would call them like counter melodies or it just, it really made it for uh, an interesting listen. So how was that kind of coming into the fold and adding that aspect in for you and for the other guys, just kind of writing around or, or how you did it?
2: Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for listening to the bass lines. You know, I feel like sometimes in metal music, that doesn't, that sometimes, right. you know, falls to your side. Um, and it's it's awesome that you you noticed that there is some that there's some interplay between everyone because that's totally the idea from my standpoint. Luckily for me, Jamie, Matt, and Damien, and they can speak on this in terms of writing the older records, they had already approached space in this way where, you know, Matt and Damien were trading off writing bass lines on Honoretta and you know, song by song, that kind of thing. And they had always had played in this style that was almost like it was another player that and where the lines were kind of weaving in and out of what was going on. And there was this call and response, all these things. And luckily for me, as like an improvised music person, I, I, I moved to Philly. You know, I was really interested in jazz and really interested in experimental improvised music and just music that it, that people who are communicating with each other, essentially, mm-hmm. not just always playing like strict parts. So coming in, the first few things, working with them, filling in for a couple of shows and just starting to work with them, they were already in the mindset of being really excited about interplay. So it was really easy. And that's the way that I play naturally, regardless of whether I'm playing metal or anything else. I just try to look for opportunities to communicate. So luckily for me, they had already set the stage largely for me to be able to enter with my, the way that I play just my own style. And they were totally in on it already. They already, they heard they heard it in a similar way that I did. You know, they encouraged me to play in a way that was like thinking towards what you're saying at, you know, if you want to call them counter melody share, I just think about it in terms of like improvising around um, the material that is being presented and and trying to add in a way that is coherent. So it it was really exciting. It's not every time that you get to work with new people and they sanction what you naturally want to do. And that's just like a really exciting thing. You know, they were just very encouraging and they were, they're open to anything. And that's so making it work was a total joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it like I said, it's awesome, man. I mean, I know I was thinking about like the last track on there, like uh the first half of it. I can I can think of it in my mind, just some of the the cool stuff that was going on with it. So nice job with that for sure. But um I, I guess I would call you guys I don't want to say a progressive, you know, quote band or a progressive metal band per se, but you guys are very progressive in what you do. And I think it's interesting with any bands that are in the death metal or metal realm that are progressive, just because I feel like it's a fine balance to try and maintain your sound while progressing and not to progress out of a certain sound or out of a, I don't know, out of a genre, or whatever. So how do you guys find that balance or do you ever think that too much progression is, is, is too much or what's your idea on that?
1: Uh, I think just because of who we are and, and the experiences that have led us to where we are, both personally and musically and all the various different kinds of music we're listening to at any given moment, I think progression kind of finds its way in and it's this the philosophy we have at the start of a record is there's never like a clear picture of what it's going to sound like. It's more the idea of being adventurous itself, I think is the the blueprint and where where can we take things, where can we go with things. And because that's the the ideology behind the music and, and the philosophy behind the music, I think we can't help but sound like ourselves in a way because we're not trying to sound like any given band. We're just trying to expand on what we've already done and build on what we've already done. So there's kind of this inescapable fingerprint of all of us as musicians and how we approach songs that I, for one, am not really worried about entering the realm of like, have we gone too far? Have we progressed too far? I think everything happens as it should happen. And Mm -hmm. we won't be able to escape being what we are. We'll never make a drastic change that we don't sound like ourselves anymore. I don't think it's possible, honestly. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? Um, this is Damien. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with all that. I, one thing I like to say is that each album that we have, um, I mean, they're all distinct because they each represent like a particular snapshot in time, you know, of, of where we were as a band, where we were as musicians, and just the type of material that we happened to be writing at that particular time. And so because of that, we've, each album, we've been willing to, I guess, I don't know, we've just incorporated a bit more of those influences and pushed the boundaries a little bit further, but there's always that common thread that, you know, I feel like when people hear a song, they're, they're able to tell that it's a horrendous song.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to harp on this question for too long, but I did listening to everyone speak. I did think of something that, that just hit me this, and it never had before. And it's about the word progressive. And something that's really frustrating is that I feel like that word gets used in an empty way. But like, what does that word mean? Like progression means like you're, you're moving out into something else from an originary point, you know, like, so, you know, it's not about being technical, like you can be technical without being progressive. Like progressive means that you're like pushing farther from the place that you started into new And even if maybe not even new is the right word, but into different territory, you know, and progressing on to something. And I think like in that way, everything that everyone does, Matt, Jamie, Damien, and myself like is in that spirit, you know, and I wish that that word was used more intentionally in a way.
0: Yeah. That's why I say, you know, I don't want to just make the phrase a progressive metal band because it can mean so many different things, but I guess it works so good for you guys cuz you guys are progressing, you know, each album you put out is different. So people are kind of expecting that whereas with some bands, you know, they make a left turn here or there and it really throws people off and so that's what I mean when I sometimes it can be for me it seems like it could be a it could be a hard balance to maintain a certain type of a sound without progressing too far away from that or but um could be a little different for you guys being that you guys are just constantly changing and progressing with each album. So kind of fans are already looking for that.
1: Yeah, I no, I agree. Yeah.
0: So starting with like the early material to now, I mean, you guys really have like, you know, the sound has changed so much. So how do you go from kind of really sticking with the roots? How do you go from, from that and turning it into like really true expression and finding your own sound? I mean, it, you guys really turned it into your own sound. I mean, how did that kind of take place?
1: Um, I think, again, I think it's one of those things that you can't necessarily plan for and you can't always have foresight about it's just this living one day at a time musically and one album at a time and if you were to go back in time during our chills sessions and showed us something that we had made on idle i don't think we would have believed it We'd been like what the hell is this <laughs> right we wouldn't have had a concept <laughs> of what that was and i think the answer is in truth is just that it's when you're trying to be adventurous and when you're trying to challenge yourself and not do the same thing over you're naturally going to lead yourself into different areas and the different modes of thinking and all things build off of what came before. And none of us certainly had this idea of we're going to build up to this enormous idol sound in 10 years, you know, it, it just happened. And, and I think our, our various passions and interests led us here. And I don't think any album could have come out without the previous album having proceeded, it it just wouldn't have happened. Each one was a step into the next place. And within that, what I also appreciate about the band, I think if we were to try to recreate any of those steps, we would fail probably. I don't think we could make an album that sounds like the chills, that's as good as the chills, just because we were in a time and place and we were fully living in that time and place. And we, we breathed that time and place and you can't really recreate that. And I think that's just the spirit we have in this moment. We are what we are and we do it to the best of our ability.
0: Yeah. I like what you said. I mean, you're trying to do something different on each one. That's probably a a huge part of it with with that, you know, with adding the new stuff in, I mean, I know you guys added a little bit of clean vocals in on this and when did, where did you decide to start throwing that in there? Was there a certain song where you're writing it and it kind of stuck out that you should do that or how did that happen?
2: Now the
1: the answer will probably shock you. Actually, Damien, you should you should discuss some <laughs> of our, our first
3: forays the clean vocals. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, we've kind of experimented some of that since the beginning. Um, I mean, even on the chills, like we incorporated a choir, and then we did like a a four part harmony choir on the song Titan on Exorcist. So we've kind of been experimenting with that for a while, but on Idol in particular. I guess it is a little more towards the forefront, but really it's just a matter of of all of us experimenting during the writing process. A lot of the time, so when we're recording, we'll have like skeletons of songs. Like a lot of people think that like a song is totally done and then you start recording. But the way we work is that we'll have like the frame of a song. And then during the recording process, we'll like, add the meat to the bone, so to speak. We'll add, like, leads that we write off the cuff, or maybe we had previous ideas, or we'll start experimenting with, like, different vocal patterns, or even just while we're figuring out the vocal patterns, we'll be like, oh, I wonder what it would sound like if we actually sang this line, as opposed to growled it. And and then we just have to plan, really. like we have infinite objects and instruments at our disposal
1: in Damien's uh, house, and sometimes we are taking a drumstick to a thing that you wouldn't normally hit with a drumstick and we record it and then it makes it onto the album. Or I remember from the chills, like we slid a toilet cover, like the lid on the back of the toilet across the porcelain, recorded that and turned it into a sound on the album. Because we have the time to do that, it makes it such this like personal and passionate project that other bands just don't have the luxury to do because they're not the ones recording it and making it. They don't have time to see what a toilet lid sounds like when you scrape it across <laughs> the bowl, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you're an hour, you can fucking do that, you know? So yeah. just having that freedom. And, and I think in some ways it's almost necessary because when talking about recording Idol, like that was a huge undertaking and it, it took a lot out of us. And I think the last week or so that we were actually working on it, we spent probably two full days just kind of messing around with it and having fun with it and, after all the punishment it, it put us through, I think there was this necessary kind of excising of all of that stress and, and coming back to the fact at the end of the day that this is music that we're making and, and art we're creating and we should have fun with it you know, and take right. places that it hasn't been before. I think that's where a lot of that comes from.
0: So, D- Damien, with the production stuff, like, what's the one most important thing that you look for or that you try to do with your production? Because it has a very unique quality to it.
3: Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've been influenced, you know, just by the albums that have sort of moved me just, just as a listener. And I've taken a lot of those ideas and they've formed in my head conceptually, you know, what I think sounds good, but above all, I mean, I, I'm really focused on clarity. I want every instrument to be heard because I mean, we're spending so much time like experimenting and, Literally like changing like single note, you know, here and there as we comb through the song. So I really want everything to be heard. And at the same time, everything needs to sound cohesive and heavy and have like an atmosphere. It, it can't sound plastic or sterile. It still has to sound, you know, like a, I don't know, like a, like a death metal record that's not like, I don't know, totally modern plastic sound.
0: Yeah, for sure. So does that, that probably bothers you when you hear some of the, certain albums, is that can that throw it off for you if the production's a little bit too digitalized or a little too modern?
3: Um, it, it doesn't happen too frequently. Uh, I mean, usually it's the music itself in those cases that isn't particularly my cup of tea. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's not the sound that I'm going for on our albums at all. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: So, I don't know if you guys have probably noticed, I mean, the last two or three years, it's been definitely a lot of good death metal coming out. I know your guys's name gets thrown around a lot with just kind of the the newer school of of a lot of really great bands. In your guys's opinion, are you seeing the same thing? You know, some people are saying, "Oh, it's kind of like a the new '90s" or you know, another golden era of death metal. What do you guys think about that?
1: I think I think we probably all have some differing opinions on that. For me personally, I think there's a lot of really great things happening. Then in my mind, there's also a lot of redundancy that's happening where a lot of people are kind of doing the same thing and while it sounds great while it's really fun while it is kind of a, a hammer to the, the face and a steamroller to the ears which is necessary sometimes it's at the end of the day i i sometimes come up feeling a little empty with a lot of it just because it isn't necessarily bringing something new to the table it's, it's fun and i would definitely go see the show because it's an amazing experience and The bands of yesteryear that were playing it really well just aren't around and or are not playing it as well as they used to. So it's great to have this new scene where you get to plug into that emotion and that feeling. But at the same time, for some bands, they don't have records that I necessarily would be reaching for 10 years from
2: now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I have a really particular feeling about this referential nature of heavy music. I mean, all music is referential and people speak descriptively of music referentially pretty much 95% of the time. But there's something something that playing in a metal band has really pushed me to think about, which, you know, you're saying, do we think about, I mean, I'm not going to speak for anything, do I think about the revival of some kind of golden age of death metal? And for me, absolutely not. Um, It's not a thing that's on my mind at all in the sense that, and this is kind of just dawning upon me right now as you're asking this question as well. People constantly, I mean, it's the highest of praise when, as a metal band, you get compared to a band that you grew up as a kid or as a metalhead fan and you know that they're the gods of that genre. You know, and when they're bands that pioneered and, and pushed and they're bands that everyone loves, like that's a really, really big compliment. But, at the end of the day, something that really bugs me, actually, in a way that I haven't really been able to, been able to pinpoint, I mean, like we get compared to death all the time, but for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, absolutely. But if you played Idol or Honorata or and then you played a death record, I, to me, I just don't think they sound anything alike. I mean, they, there are elements, of course. It's like, it's like when you're looking for similarities in things and when your frame of thinking is to only compare, of course you see the comparisons. But if instead you're changing your way of listening to the details, right? I mean, I'm going to use Matt's guitar playing as an example. I've been listening to Matt play guitar because I lived with him for the past year and we've been in close quarters for, for the past two and a half years. You know, and something I think about with guitar players all the time is that, like, down to your muscles in your hands and, like, the, the makeup of your hands, you're going to make strings sound different. I can hear the difference in, in people who play guitar, who play drums, who play different instruments. The bodily difference, right? So, mm-hmm. and Matt has this particular, it actually has something to do with his vibrato. He has like a very, very subtle vibrato that he uses, whether intentionally or not, even when he's playing riffs, not just solos and leads, but sometimes when he's playing like a power-corded riff, there's like a weird vibrato there that is literally, that is like so, it's like actually a signature sound. Like, I feel like I could pick Matt's guitar playing out of a lineup. And it's like that kind of stuff. And everyone's got that. Jay, Jamie has that. Damien has that. I think I have that in, to some degree. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, not try attempting to harken back to that, because I don't think that, I, I, that when I hear the band, I think about the music. It, again, it, it, it always comes out of that tradition because what how we got here. But it's something totally different. I just I just think that they sound very, very different. They're just very different things. But, you know, I think it just it comes down to how you're how you wish to listen and how you're conditioned to listen.
0: Yeah, I know. I noticed that in a couple um, a review or, or things like that with the death comparison. The only thing I I could see is just like the same type of constant change with with each album. So I don't know if that's what people are kind of talking about because I, I don't see it for the sound of it.
2: Sure, sure,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I guess it's like if you to, to like death versus like incantation, I see why people would say death. So like that's a relative sure. to death, too. Yeah.
0: So the thing that's more exciting for a lot of you guys then is bands that maybe are doing similar things in a way of of changing on albums and not trying to just recreate and and add their own flavor? Or what would be a perfect death metal album for you guys that could come out, you know, now?
1: I think for me, it comes down to having a voice. And I think having a unique voice doesn't necessarily mean you're reinventing the wheel or doing something completely different. But when I I hear something new, if it's going to stick with me, I want to know that it's that band that's playing. and. I think a lot of modern metal bands, if you switched out the singer or something like that, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference between one band song and another. And just me personally, as a, as a music consumer, I'm after something that's a bit more, that has a bit more of its own voice. And I'm also after something that rather than approaching an aesthetic or approaching an atmosphere is creating a novel like a riff or a novel idea and that's what has always stuck out to me as a guitar player like have i heard this riff before where i think a lot of people now that listen to music are perhaps because of just the vast majority of music that's out there people are after more of the whole package it's like does this does this band create this particular atmosphere that i want to hear in this moment and i could probably pull up 25 bands that do a particular atmosphere that someone would want to hear and that person might proceed to listen to all 25 of those albums and be satisfied. Whereas me as a music consumer, I've always wanted to find the one that does it the best and the one that has like mm-hmm. the riff that the other 25 don't play. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's I think that just might be something that comes from who I am and, and how I've grown up and the fact that Rust in Peace and Don't Break the Oath have been my favorite metal records ever since I can remember is because there are just There are risks on those records that were not played before and have not been played since and And the depth and the quality of the music that they're making has not been matched in a lot of ways, in my opinion. That's what I've always looked for, but there's a lot of layers to why that is, I think. Well,
0: I think I like what you said, though. I mean, because there's so many bands these days, and it's kind of like what you said, one of you guys said earlier about, are you going to listen to something in another 10 years? You know, I think that's one of the big things is, that's, I know for me when I'm finding a new band like you said there's a lot of really cool bands doing cool things but um, I ask myself that a lot is do I see myself listening to this in another 10 years is it is it that quality I think that's hard harder to find nowadays just because of the volume of music that's coming out and and uh, you know maybe it's not always doing the uh, breaking new ground so I, I that's what I really like is is to find a new band that, does have their own voice and those are usually the bands that are you know i'm going to hang on to for another 10 years otherwise it'll probably be going back to something uh, a classic i guess yeah is there any bands right now that you think are in that in that realm that are kind of that have their own voice and are and are doing something that you really appreciate in death metal or in metal in general
1: i, I gotta say we're all very upset when morbid chrome stopped playing
3: <laughs> yeah, i was about <laughs> to mention that yeah,
1: they're like the most obvious probably the coolest and in my mind in last, I don't
3: know, however many yeah, years. your man. i agree.
1: Is, that is an album I revisit, and I'm very much in awe of when I hear it for many different reasons. And I think a point I was going to make earlier, a couple of moments ago, that's coming back now, thinking of this crone is just hand in hand with with the fact that there is such a volume of music out there now. Is also the fact that I think people are listening to things a bit more superficially now, and a lot of music that's made, especially complex music, you're not going to get it on the first run through and a band like this Crone, to me, every time I hear that album, there are things that I hear that I had never heard before. The first time I heard the record, I remember just feeling like it was it was strange, it was different, but it certainly didn't hit me all at once, and I think that's what, to me, makes that band so special, and, and that record so special, specifically the, the most recent one that came out before they disbanded, but just the wealth of musical ideas that are in there and the fact that I can revisit it time and time again and still be blown away by it. It wasn't just some temporary thing or some, instead a desire I had in the moment. It stands on its own two legs as this
3: momentous achievement in my mind. Sure, yeah.
0: Any, any other from anybody else? Or?
3: Uh, no, I mean, personally, I was also going to mention Morbus <laughs> Crone's <Cleveland>. <laughs> Um <laughs> I think that's kind of a, a common thread among us in terms of... You know, it's it's a band that, you know, they started out more sort of like autopsy-ish and then on particularly on that album and even on the EP beforehand, you know, they kind of found their own voice. And I guess going back to your question, I guess I'd say that if, you're, if your idea of like a, a second golden age of death metal is like a, a quantity of bands that, you know, if you just want to hear some death metal and like. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun for the time. Then, yeah, I guess it's the second the second age of of death metal. But in terms of albums that you're actually going to listen to, you know, in ten years, I don't feel like we're at a point where there's more now than previous times. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I
1: don't know how I I don't know how I didn't think of this a moment ago when you asked the question. But uh, the first tour we ever went on with Tribulation, and I think I think we were and go, I think we were we were all pretty impressed by them in general, not, not just with, I mean, we all love the debut. I think we were all pretty mystified by formulas of death. And when children of the night came out, it was like, Holy shit. This band is really changing. They're really doing different stuff. Mm-hmm. And when we got wind that they wanted us to go on tour with them, it was a dream come true because we really did respect them at the time and still do obviously, but just for, for doing what they were doing. And, creating this sound within the genre and bringing so much else to
0: the table. So Yeah, 100%. We were just talking about that band um, a little bit earlier. I just saw them live on Sunday, and I was—I had never seen uh, them oh. before and totally blown away. I couldn't believe it. Their, their, their live the presence and everything is so yeah, their,
1: their live set is, Even if you didn't like their songs, I think you would be impressed by yeah. their live set. Just, their performance is great.
0: Yeah, it was super refreshing to see, you know, just to be... I, I'm all. I'm fine with any band just coming up there and doing their thing, but it is cool to see an added layer and they really, you know, they bring the whole atmosphere and you know, I was blown away.
2: They're a really great example too. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to answer your question too, particularly just in the realms of death metal, choosing a band, but it's great. Something that has always shocked me and just sort of thinking about your question and just like, you know, this kind of, what I was thinking about with Tribulation was that, They remind me of something about finding your own voice, which is that it doesn't necessarily take totally brand new, like, dripping in originality and, like, ideas to get there. Like, you can use things that are very common and very understood, you know, like... Tribulation like a fucking rock band, you know, like they, mm-hmm. the stuff that they're using is like very anybody who plays the music that we play can recognize the constituent parts of what they do. But when you put all of them together, you know, the very particular flavor of their riffs, the, the vocals, um, and then, of course, with the live performance, everything that they add with that, which is monumental, like all of a sudden you have a brand new thing, you know, it doesn't it didn't take like rocket science of coming up with a new form of music to come up with something novel it just took finding a voice within that familiar territory and they're a, an incredible example of that i
0: think yeah exactly it's, i i give them credit because it's uh, same with you guys because it i think it takes some time and effort just because there's so many different things going on out there i mean i guess another band like that would be like zeal and ardor where they're taking two different i don't know i guess that's a little different yeah i don't know no, if they did totally, it as, 100%. The same but but yeah, just those different ideas where you're—they've been done, but you're combining them in new ways.
2: They're flying in Philadelphia tonight. We just found out earlier. Oh, right on. So they're right down the street, and an incredible group—an <laughs> incredible group.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love anything like that where it's something new and uh, just to stand out from the pack, you know. Yeah. So I know you guys have the tour coming up with Two Mold. I know it's nowhere near Detroit, so I won't be catching that. But um, do you guys have more after that plan or anything like that, or is that it for now?
1: That's that's it for the moment, but. We're definitely gonna figure out some more runs. We just haven't quite settled on when and where yet. But I would think in the first half of twenty nineteen we'll probably I would I mean, I'm hopefully we can do a couple like, you know, not super long tours, but maybe a week long or a long, long weekend kind of a thing. Just to get to some other parts of the US.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm I'm hoping for Detroit, obviously selfishly. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm sure we will at some point make it over that way. And I guess we're also really hoping to get to Europe. We do have one show in may in the netherlands which will be our first european appearance ever but hoping to turn that into a you know a wider tour or something like that
0: okay cool cool
1: yeah and i think to piggyback
2: (laughs) to piggyback off of that
1: i think a lot of what we end up doing in a given year regarding touring comes down to the the options that are available and uh, what i think gets the most bang for our buck because all of us are in pretty demanding uh jobs and and other commitments outside of the band and we don't really have infinite time to commit to touring so Mm. a lot of it is a waiting game of sorts it's like we know someone somewhere is going to ask us to do some big crazy thing and we want to make sure that we have the time to devote to that so we operate a little differently in that sense is where we're not just sitting down and then booking a tour and then going and playing it we're kind of cautiously waiting for the right moment to strike, I guess, and, and get the most out of the experience and do what's best for all of us. So it, it can be a little tough sometimes, but we I think we always find a way.
0: Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. You gotta get the most out of it if you're gonna be taking time off work and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any um big shows that you guys are going to that you're looking forward to? Or anything like that? Ooh mm.
1: this is the biggest one on my radar that I have a ticket for is Chris Dave. Drum heads. Uh, Chris <laughs> Davey the drumhead Chris <laughs> yeah. David the drumhead. Uh, I'm okay. trying to think of actually David Byrne's playing tonight. I like really wanted to go, but the tickets are like literally so expensive. like eighty bucks for long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: is it BB&T? <laughs> uh, no, it's that, um the man. Oh, that would have mm-hmm. been. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think what else is coming up. I'm particularly. This is like re- I know this is like totally random, but I am ridiculously excited to see Satoko Fuji who is an incredible free jazz piano player and composer. He was, okay. she's playing in Philadelphia uh, this coming Tuesday, I think um, at a gallery space that I've been lucky enough to play in in other settings as well. And she's like, she has a record. I think the record is called, this is it, but she's got some records that have come out over the past few years that are like mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see her. Uh,
1: okay.
2: Right still on. <laughs> They're not going to sell out, but it's in the house. Okay. I like Actually, I, I, do have, I do have one more that I forgot about. Um, got to hear from Damien, too. So, the band... <laughs> Damien's got a lot of shirts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the band Daughters, I, like, never really got into. Are they, they play? really, they're yeah, playing? They're playing in Philly early November at our oh. tour at this,
2: this tiny, tiny little
1: venue <laughs> in the basement of a church. That's If you're from the Philly area, it's super famous. called the First Unitarian Church. I,
2: mm-hmm. I can't wait to see them. That's gonna be insane. Right
0: on. That sounds like a cool venue.
3: Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Great venue. What are you looking forward to, Dee? Um, I can't say that I have my finger on the pole for the D C scene. Um <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't have anything on my radar actually. Okay.
0: Hey, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me the only one I've got uh coming up will probably be that at the gates tour. And uh, I think it's not for another month or two. So that's the only one for me.
2: Who, yeah. who are they
1: touring with? Like, Behemoth going to? Behemoth at the gate?
0: Yeah. And oh. Wolves at the throne room.
1: Oh, wow. This is a pretty wild tour, actually. It's going to be huge. We yeah, dude, I've never so... seen at
0: the gates, So th- this is finally my chance.
1: Dan, yeah. Yeah. So we, is, Strangely enough, you guys have some big shows coming up. We, all the Philly boys anyway, within one week, we saw Judas Priest in Deep Purple and Ozzy Osbourne. And Glenn Hughes. And, and Glenn right. Hughes. Separate and Glenn Hughes. <laughs> we had kind of like a... That's a good week. Yeah, we had a big week of shows right before
2: this one. So it's it's been a whirlwind.
0: Right. Yeah, you got to catch them while you can, those kind of guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: Especially after that last Judas Priest album, man. I mean, it's it's a good time to go see them.
1: And yeah, there they are... They are uh, pretty sharp right now yeah they
2: sound fucking really phenomenal comedy. yeah
0: i missed them but yeah i'd love to go catch them but all right guys i, I really appreciate it I know we went a little long but um i really appreciate like i said you guys are easily you know one of my favorite bands and i really really like the new album so hopefully i get to catch you guys live at some point but oh
2: should, yeah i'm sure we'll really, pick it up really there. appreciate it's it it's just a matter of, of when it'll happen
0: yeah <laughs> awesome well thanks a lot guys really appreciate it yeah
2: thank yeah. you thanks so much